<coughs> Podcast Network Asia. This episode may include topics, references, or discussions around sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, or subject matters that may be disturbing to some of our listeners. We do acknowledge that this content may be difficult. We also encourage you to care for your safety and well-being. Do you feel like murdering a long list of movies and TV shows in one go? We've got you. It's easy to binge watch and have movie marathons with the help of Globe Prepaid's Go Plus 99 with Go Watch. With a total of 16 GB of data, you can now have 8 GB for all sites you need and 8 GB for your continuous binge watching routine for different apps like YouTube, Netflix, View, I Want TFC, HBO Go, NBA, WeTV, and Go Movies. Not just that, you also get unlimited text to all networks valid for seven days. To register, all you need to do is grab your phones, download the new Globe One or Gcash app, or dial asterisk 143 hash on your mobile phones to quickly register. Have a killer time watching movies and TV series with Globe Prepaid's Go Plus 99 with Go Watch. to part two of a four-part episode of the last 24 hours where we feature your favorite scary movies based on true crime. This is the continuation of our feature into the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose based on the true exorcism of Annalise Michelle. If you're continuing the episode as a choose-your-own-character format, you have chosen to follow the story through the perspective of her parents, 60-year-old Joseph Michelle and 57-year-old Anna Michelle, devout Catholics and small-town business owners in Klingenberg, rural Bavaria. It's March 30, 1978, two years after the death of their 23-year-old daughter, Annalise, and Joseph and Anna Michelle are sitting in court along with two priests charged with negligent homicide. Instead of concentrating on grieving for the horrific death of her daughter and moving forward with their lives, they are having to face the very real possibility of going to prison. While the priests are being defended by church-paid lawyers, Josef and Anna were being defended by then one of Germany's top lawyers, Erich Schmidt-Leitner, who has also defended numerous Nazi war crime individuals. The central accusation against them? Criminal negligence for failing to provide Annalise with conventional medical treatment and by subjecting her to the exorcism. The court case is the first of its kind in Germany and is attracting widespread international attention. For Josef and Anna, the attention is far removed from their quiet, unremarkable existence in Klingenberg. For the first 15 years of Annalise's life, they were a simple, hardworking couple raising four daughters. Annalise, for her part, was no different from all other Bavarian girls her age. By all indications, she was well-adjusted a cheerful spirit who enjoyed being with friends. In spite of this, she showed serious commitment to her education, most of all, to her religious practice. At the trial, they would testify that she would continue to exhibit her usual cheerful personality, 
even after the first seizure. In the fall of 1969, just before her 16th birthday, Annalise was sitting in class when she suddenly blacked out. Initially, she dismissed the incident as fatigue-related and thought nothing of it. The following night, however, she woke up at midnight and found that she could not move. There was pressure on her abdomen and it caused her to pee uncontrollably in bed. Anna would testify that Annalise told her about the strange incident the following morning, adding that she was also unable to call for help. Her tongue felt paralyzed. A year later, the incident happened again. As before, she blacked out during the day and had paralysis at night. The Michels took Annalise to be examined by the family physician, Dr. Vaught, who then referred Annalise to a neurologist, Dr. Siegfried Luthi. Court records show that Dr. Luthi was unable to find anything wrong with Annalise. He testified that neurologically and psychologically, all findings were negative. Her EEG showed a normal physiological alpha-type brain activity, stating additionally that he judged from the description he was given that this was probably a case of cerebral seizure of the nocturnal type with symptoms of grand mal epilepsy. On June 16, 1970, she was taken to another neurologist who also found nothing irregular in her test. Nevertheless, because of her previous seizures, he prescribed an anticonvulsant medication. During the same month, she was praying the rosary while convalescing in a hospital due to respiratory issues when other patients observed that her hands were contorted like a cat's paw and that her pupils seemed nearly all black. A week later, she would start seeing strange faces while praying and was so disturbed by what she saw that it made her fearful about praying the rosary. By August of that year, after several negative EEG tests and having had no incident of seizures, the hospital released Annalise to her parents with the recommendation that she return for a follow-up checkup next month, not knowing that in a year, they would bear witness to her mysterious and frightening breakdown. If you're anything like me, watching vlogs, movies, and TV shows are perfect ways of ending a long day. That's why I'm so glad I've got Glow Prepaid's Go Plus 99 with Go Watch promo. Check this out. With a total of 16 GB of data, you can now have 8 GB for all the sites you need and 8 GB for your favorite video streaming apps like YouTube, Netflix, View, I Want TFC, HBO Go, NBA, WeTV, and Go Movies. Not just that, you also get unlimited text to all networks valid for seven days. All you need to do is download the new Globe One or Gcash app or dial asterisk 143 hash on your mobile phones. So what are you waiting for? End your day right. End it with Globe Prepaid's Go Plus 99 with Go Watch promo. Happy Go Watch and chill, everybody. From 1971 to 1972, Annalise Michel often missed school due to illness. Most of this time, she was lethargic and apathetic, possibly due to the anticonvulsant medication she was taking. But her parents, Yosef and Anna, didn't mind. The seizures had stopped until, that is, June 1972. What followed soon after was a similar frustrating pattern of seizures in doctors' consultations. 
along with the usual neurological tests that all yielded negative results. Then, in October 1972, Annalise started smelling a horrible stench that others could not perceive. She also started seeing strange faces again, accompanied by prolonged muscle contraction. The doctors noted that the muscle stiffness is a known side effect of the anticonvulsant medication, but stressed that the visual and olfactory hallucinations were not. In the spring of 1973, Annalise was taken back to Dr. Vaught regarding a hearing issue. She claimed to hear knocking sounds in her room, but as with her other complaints, the doctor found nothing medically wrong. This time, however, her mother Anna and her sister started hearing the same thing a rapping or a thumping in their wardrobe closet. Then above the ceiling and below the floor, Anna Michelle began to suspect that something supernatural was possibly happening to her daughter and shared her concerns with her husband. But he was reluctant to agree until Anna revealed to him that she witnessed their daughter staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary with a malicious expression. Her eyes were black and her hands were contorted like animal paws. Joseph was reluctant to give in to what he thought was hysteria, but this admission from his wife disturbed him. In spite of their suspicions, they continued to take Annalise to specialists, and despite the side effects of her medications, Annalise was able to pass her school exams and graduate. It was at this point that Joseph suggested to Annalise that she go on a spiritual field trip to San Damiano, Italy, a Marian shrine. She was accompanied by family friend and fellow parishioner Thea Hine. Thea testified that Annalise was unable to enter the shrine and could not drink from the well, from which the water is known to have miraculous effects. More significantly, Thea Hine testified that Annalise exuded a stench similar to feces or something burning. The smell was strong enough that everyone else in their bus smelled it as well. She also remarked that Annalise spoke in an unnatural deep voice tore off Thea's religious medal and behaved inappropriately towards her, although she didn't detail what she meant by inappropriate behavior. In 1973, Annalise visited Dr. Luthi once more. This time, she told him about the demonic faces she kept seeing and admitted that the devil was in her. Dr. Luthi would later testify that Annalise could not get her mind off these things, adding that she seemed to have no power over her decisions. Anna Michelle recalled that this was when Dr. Luthi recommended that perhaps Annalise should see a Jesuit priest and prescribed a medium intensity drug for neurosis meant for children. In his testimony, he noted no experiential content behind what Annalise was saying, adding that her statements were absurd and expressed doubt regarding the truthfulness of her supernatural experiences. After that, the Michelles never took Annalise to consult with him again. However, they did take his advice regarding consulting a priest. The Michelles first sought assistance of a pastor in the Mother of God parish in Aschaffenburg, who examined Annalise and found nothing abnormal nor supernatural in her condition. He recommended that they continue with her medical regimen. The family would end up consulting with a few more priests, and all of them would find nothing wrong with Annalise. One priest, Father Herman, met with Annalise ten times, even calmly praying the rosary with him without any incident. It's through Father Herman, however, that the Michels would eventually come in contact with Father Ernst Alt of the St. Agatha Parish, one of the priests involved in Annalise's eventual exorcism. By all accounts, Father Ernst Alt was not your typical priest. 
He believed in the paranormal and thought he had the powers of telepathy and precognition. After receiving a letter from Annalise through Father Herman, Father Ald claimed that he was unable to read it because, upon receiving the letter, he was suddenly overcome with nausea and felt that he was going to pass out. That same evening, he offered a mass on behalf of Annalise, who at this point he had not met. While preparing consecration, he experienced another startling sensation. All of a sudden, something hit me in the back. The air turned cold, and at the same time there was an intense stench, as though something was burning. I had to lean against the altar. With great effort, and only through considerable concentration, was I able to recite the rest of the text. I felt deeply distressed, as if a negative force was surrounding me. After several weeks, Father Alt finally met Annalise and discovered a young intelligent woman with a gift for analysis, consistent with her excellent academic performance. He recalled in court that he thought she looked in no way ill or sickly, just perhaps a little too pale and very serious. I'm looking for people who would believe me, she said to him, noting that she never used the word possessed. Additionally, Father Alt indicated that he didn't think Annalise exhibited any signs of insanity, stressing that in his vocation as a priest, he knows, as he's been exposed to many insane patients before. For Joseph and Anna Michelle, this is nothing new. For years now, they've been dealing with contradictory findings and opinions about their daughter's mysterious and seemingly worsening condition, who, at this point, have also started seeing psychoanalysts. After the disappointing consultation with Dr. Luthi, the Michels took Annalise to see a psychiatrist, Dr. Leonard, who had her EEG tested once more. This time, the results were judged as abnormal, and she was prescribed stronger anti-seizure medication. Although the new medication enabled Annalise to play piano and tennis, she still had difficulty communicating with others. More significantly, it did nothing to alleviate the visions and unbearable stench that continued to haunt her. Annalise started falling into depression. By March of 1974, Annalise was becoming more socially withdrawn. She confessed to Father Alt that she could not pray and felt oppressed by an unexplained foreign agent. However, the Michels noticed that these symptoms would disappear each time she visited Father Alt's parish house. They noted that she was able to smile, converse freely, and most importantly, pray. She would also return home relaxed. Father Alt nevertheless recommended that she continue to see her doctors and gave her a disciplined regimen of prayer. By September, however, the Michels testified that Annalise started complaining about severe headaches and would feel well for only a few hours in a day. By the time Joseph Michel took his daughter to see Father Alt for her regular consultation, she was depressed and had poor muscle control. But when Father Alt gave his priestly blessing and prayed with her, she noticeably improved within 20 minutes. After consulting with fellow priests, Father Alt came to believe that Annalise might be suffering from circumcessio, a much milder condition than possession, where a person is surrounded by evil forces. Encouraged by the dramatic improvement in Annalise's condition after a blessing and prayers, Father Alt went to the bishop, Father Joseph Stangle. With the bishop, Father Alt discussed conducting a rite of exorcism, 
but did not mention that she was possessed, only that she suffered from circumcessio. Bishop Stangle instructed Father Ault to continue observing the case, but denied permission to conduct the rite of exorcism. By 1975, the bishop would receive a petition from the Michels themselves asking for the church to conduct exorcism rites on their daughter, Annalise. After five years of relying on numerous doctors, a series of tests, and endless medications, Yosef and Anna have seen their daughter descend deeper to a place they could never follow, until finally they were left with no other choice but to leave her fate to the church in the hands of two priests, fathers Arnold Renz and Ernst Alt. You've just listened to part two of our exploration into the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose and the true story of Annalise Michelle. Did you choose to follow Joseph and Anna Michelle's story because you feel they're responsible for what happened to Annalise? Now that you've listened to their experience, do you still feel the same? Listen to what happens to Annalise now from the perspective of the two priests tasked to deliver her from the escalating assault on her life by an unknown horrifying force in part three of our special Choose Your Own Character episode. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.